with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 16 games across the NFL, and in this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly picks, get to Matty and Andy's total tease, your news of the week, and we're also going to wish you, our listener, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, but first, with me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How you doing, pal? Not bad. Not bad. It would have uh, would have been better had my 49ers actually, you know, held on to that nine point lead against the Falcons. So I don't so, even know how the Falcons were in that game. They had no but, business being in that game. Coming across the country, facing the Niners in the Niners' house. Although you well, took the Falcons last week, so good on well, you. I did, but I was just to cover eleven points, not to uh, to win outright. But you know, some bad beats in the Bay Area, yeah. but some brilliance by Breeze in the Bayou. Man, uh, twenty nine of thirty. That oh. is a ridiculous. I, I think that's going to be like Gretzky's fifty goals in thirty nine games. It's going to be really hard for that to be touched. Well, I mean, and that wasn't even the focus of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that just that just happened. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was extraneous. But no, it was everything was coming together uh, for him and the whole team that that night, and it was special to watch. Uh, my wife rarely watches football with me, but I uh, I had her sitting next to me and I was trying to explain that this is history in the making. So. Uh, appreciated it. It was cool. I was pretty interested in how Philly and Washington actually played an entertaining game. That blew my mind. Yeah. Well, it was you know back what? and forth. Back and forth. If if football games were 59 minutes long, oh, the Redskins. there would be different outcomes in about a half a dozen of the games that were played last week. Yeah, you bet. Like, uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, I take Washington, and I think you did too. Yeah. And we would have covered had that silly play at the end not happened, but it yeah. did. That's football, um, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they play the full game. But uh, um, yeah, it was an interesting week last week. The Red Redskins were my money line. Matty pick. Unfortunately, that uh, fell through. But uh, overall, a really odd week as well. There was some some crazy scores. Like I did not see the Dallas Cowboys. Like I thought if they were winning that game, it was going to be close and they found a, another gear offensively. It looks because the Rams have a pretty decent pass defense and rush defense. Uh, they've, they've shown both sides of their coin this past season on offense and defense. And That's very true. You never know which. And it's the same with the Cowboys. I mean, we've seen them play great games. They're still leading the league in, in yards per game. Yep, ahead of uh, even Baltimore on that, but yeah, they they played the way they needed to play, and you know it's lather, rinse, repeat in Dallas. You know the sky's falling. Oh my God, Garrett's going to get fired. He wins one important game. Oh my God, he's our he's our savior. And but when, when we big, all know he's just the clapper, <laughs> <laughs> he is the clapper. He's got the clap. Although big clapper. big game for Big D this week as uh, they're going to take on Philly, and that's going to likely decide the outcome of the NFC East. It will. It will. So, well, um, let's, uh, well, I guess we'll get to those picks, but first let's get to the news of the week. In 
animal rights campaigners have held a funeral for all the turkeys killed at Christmas in a supermarket meat aisle. Customers at a branch of Sainsbury in East Sussex, UK, were confronted with an unusually somber scene of black-clad mourners aligning the aisle on Wednesday. Protesters stood silently bearing signs with phrases such as 10 million turkeys are killed at Christmas in the UK to highlight the violence of a traditional Christmas meal. The group said Christmas for humans can be a time of joy, but for other species, it can be a period of horror. Yes, the horror. And I'll be thinking about you vegans eating your kale and tofurkey while I'm crushing a second helping of sweet, sweet murder turkey smothered in turkey blood. Uh, I mean, gravy. Turkey's a little dry. The turkey's a little dry. But let me show you what the turkey hole is. The U.S. Department of Agriculture listed Wakanda as a free trade partner despite it being a fictional country. A USDA spokesperson said the Kingdom of Wakanda was added to the list by accident during a staff test. The department's online tariff tracker posted a detailed list of goods the two nations apparently traded, including ducks, donkeys, and dairy cows. In the Marvel Universe, Wakanda is the fictional East African home country of superhero Black Panther. Yes, that is Trump's America. This guy's a liar. In related news, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced uh, this week that every team in the AFC North will have two W's subtracted from their win totals this year as the Cincinnati Bengals have officially been ruled a fictional football team. Ducks, donkeys, and dairy cows? Is this considered an alphabetical trade deficit? This could be evened out with a big shipment of dildos and a cooler full of dicks. In 2014, he saw everything from buckets of heads, arms, and legs to coolers filled with severed penises. What is this? Oh, just a little bit of powdered deer penis. Police say a man stole a dozen ornamental Christmas trees from an outside display at a grocery store in Brandon, Manitoba. Uh, the trees and ornaments were stuffed into a shopping cart, taken away, and left on various properties nearby. Apparently, the suspect was highly intoxicated and appeared to be doling out the trees as he made his way through the area. Quote, on the surface, it does look like he was being generous and sharing them with everybody. We don't know what his intentions were. End quote. For our American friends, a drunken Santa turned Grinch is par for the course when we're talking about Brandon, Manitoba, as there is literally nothing to do in that town but drink, get angry, and maybe get in a little cow tipping before you head off to the drunk tank. Ah, yes, a very Merry Christmas in the prairies. God bless us, everyone. All right, it's time to fire it up. Here's our weekly picks. Well, it is week 16, so that means we get Saturday football back. In fact, we get a triple header on Saturday. The first game of that triple header is Tampa Bay at home. They're hosting the Houston Texans. Uh, Houston can clinch uh, their playoff berth with a win against Tampa Bay here. Tampa Bay, uh, three-point underdogs at home. The over-under on this one is a 50, and uh, I think you'll hear later on, Andy and I both like that number. Uh, I think a few people have been liking that number. Um, Tampa Bay, Jesus. You know what I I said about them last week? 
I said, I don't think Jameis Winston can throw for 450-plus yards two games in a row. And guess what? He was the first it. player in NFL history to do so. So thanks, Jameis. Um, Jameis Winston has that ability to, in the same game, make you think he's the worst quarterback that's ever played in the NFL and then the best quarterback that you've ever seen in the NFL. Like, well, man, five, could- t- five times this year, on their very first drive, he's throwing a pick. And guess what the record is in those five games? Are they five four and, and one, four and one? Jeez. <laughs> uh, I actually I heard I can't remember where it came from, but I heard uh, a guy who was researching some stats, and he went back even pre-merger days, and he could not find uh, an instance where a quarterback threw for as many yards in the first twenty-three minutes of a football game ever. Wow. It's, and that's just Jameis for you, man. Yeah. This week, though, uh, Godwin and Evans are both out. Yeah, that's so that's going to yeah. hamper him a bit. But I mean, I don't think that's going to change their game plan. I think Tampa is who they are. They drop back with Jameis and get him to either make or break him. Well, they stop the run well and they throw down the field well. Yeah. But I think this game means a little bit more to Houston. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything to Tampa Bay. But Houston had a big one in Tennessee last week, and then they play each other again next week. And if Houston, you know, if they win on Saturday, that would certainly take the pressure off for next week. Yeah, so I, I, I can see them doing an all-out assault uh, just to make sure that they've got business taken care of before week 17. Um, just so, you know, we're talking about totals here. Uh, 16 mile an hour wins and Gus much higher than that as well. Um, it's projected for game time. Uh, that will affect the total. So other thing to consider. What's your take on this one? Uh, it, it's very interesting. I think this is going to be uh, the Houston's pass defense is 23rd in allowing passes over 20 yards and 28th in, in yards per game allowed. Um and also the uh, their third down defense, their their opponents have a forty eight percent opposition conversion rate. So I mean, Bucks D, that's going to be the battle. Whereas Houston uh, is facing a Bucks D that's fifth in the NFL on third down, thirty four point four percent opposition conversion rate. So it's interesting. I think this game's going to be closer than it seems. Uh, that's that's for sure. However. I love the emotional factor for Houston. I agree that Tampa Bay is in a letdown spot here, and and Houston's got to win here, or else they got to go and play Tennessee, and they may not, might not be as lucky next time and no. uh, come up with a win. So I, yeah, you know what? I I'll take Houston as long as it stays under a field goal. Yeah, and with those two key injuries at the wide receiver position for the Bucks, I'm going to take the Texans as well. Yeah, Godwin and Evans is probably the the actual clincher because they've accounted for probably two thirds of their passing offense. Oh, well, for sure, easily. A lot. Yep. Yeah, yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our trouble will be out of sight. Up next, we've got another uh, match of consequence taking place in New England. This is the AFC East. And uh, 
Well, the Pats, they're looking to secure their, their playoff spot in the division, and the Bills uh, playing a young upstart. I mean, they did really well last time they played, and, you know, Allen makes clutch plays. He did so last week versus Pittsburgh, and you got to remember, they the Bills almost beat the Pats this year. Yeah, and 16 fact, to 10 it was. 16 it, to 10 yeah. of really bad weather, as I recall. And Matt Barkley was the quarterback for a bunch of that game. That's true, yeah. Because Allen got hurt, right? Yeah, so, and he actually did all right, Barkley did. Yeah, he did, actually. But, you know, this was uh, the last time this happened. Brady was uh, under 150 yards passing in an INT against Buffalo. And Buffalo's been road warriors, man. They got a 6-1 and one road record. They won on prime time last week in Pittsburgh. Oh, that was a very impressive win. I mean, obviously, we expected a defensive battle, and that's exactly what we got. Um, going back to New England. And the play of Tom Brady as of late, 128 yards passing last week. Yep. And they still keep winning games. And that was against the Bengals. But okay, it's because well, their defense created a bunch of turnovers. Which how, how about hard. Four, four interceptions by Andy Dalton in the second half alone? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of games with a differential turnover, like a t- turnover differential like that. But I think the key to this particular game. Uh, you're going to look to the backfield of the Buffalo Bills and in between Singletary and Gore running the ball. If they can have a big day, when a big day, I mean, collectively, maybe a buck 80. And, um, you know, that 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 running game travels well in uh, in mm-hmm. a, cold, a cold winter New England late season game, right? Yeah, I've got zero confidence in the offense for the Patriots. And right now, Edelman is listed as questionable. Um you know, I think. Let me just double check. <clears throat> excuse me. Let me just double check that this line hasn't moved. Now it's still uh, actually it's sitting at six, six even. Six even now. Yeah. But uh, for my money and a gun to my head, like you're you're saying, it's six and one straight up this year on the road. Um, they've covered the spread in seven of the seven of their last eight on the road. Uh, you know, good work, McDermott. And I think there's just. Too much chaos, it seems like, in, in New England right now. Well, I'm not going to cheer for Bills and go Mafia. Yeah, dude, I not only would take the Bills with the points, this is my money line Maddie pick. Oh, Jesus. Uh, this is a big Saturday. I think uh, there's going to be a changing of the guard in the AFC East as far as, you know, at least the Patriots being able to push little brother around. Uh, the Bills, not only do, does their rushing game travel well, a good defense travels well. And the Bills' pasty is, uh, well, last week averaged two, or they allowed 202 yards, 5.3 yards per attempt. Um, they're great at stopping the rush. The, uh, you can do it with defense on the road, road in this weather and with Brady not throwing the ball, unless they can get some turnovers, uh, you know, as far as the Patriots' defense being able to maybe get the ball a few times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they can. I, I think the Bills take this on the money line. It's my money line, Matty. Well, we know about all the recent historical trends between these two teams, especially in New England, but you can throw those out the window because these are two different teams this year on both sides. So, yeah, go Bills. Go Bills. Up next, a game that could have big playoff importance is uh, this is the evening game on Saturday night, and uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Your Niners, baby. 
Uh, they're taking uh, on division rival LA Rams, who just got absolutely smacked around against the Dallas Cowboys last week. Yeah, that wasn't even close, as the score would indicate. <laughs> Although the score wasn't that close either. I, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was on the side of the Atlanta Falcons. Certainly not thinking that they would win outright, uh, but I've got a good feel this this season. For the ebbs and flows of the 49ers, in fact, I think I've been correct probably in their last nine or ten games straight, either betting in their favor or against them. And now coming off that New Orleans huge emotional win two weeks ago, I had a, I got a, I had a gut feeling that that was a spot for a letdown. And their offense just did, it looked lackluster. And obviously their defense didn't play well enough in the fourth quarter to keep things keep things even. And normally when, when a team like the Rams comes off a big embarrassing loss uh, against a team like the Cowboys, you expect them to bounce back. But I think quite the opposite for this game. I think the 49ers are absolutely going to pound it. And, you know, it's, it's probably a meaningless game in that regardless of whether they win or lose this one, they still have to beat Seattle the following week and vice versa for the Seahawks. But I think they, they want to put a statement and, and they want, I think they want their own locker room to know that they can put a pounding on when required. And if, you know, divisional game, normally I wouldn't like a spread this big, but uh, you get Richard Sherman back in the lineup. You know, the Rams still have a chance technically if the Vikings lose their last two games. Um, and I, I don't really see that happening. Um, six and a half stays under a touchdown. I'm liking the 49ers here. Yeah, there's a lot going against this for the Rams. I mean, the last meeting, San Fran won 20 to seven. And Goff struggled with only 13 pass completions for 78 yards. Uh, and he went 0 for 9 on third down the last time these two teams met. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. You know. I recall. And uh, the Rams offense, they're tied for 22nd uh, in turnovers in the NFL. The Niners are fifth in the NFL in takeaways. So this does, like, there's a whole bunch. And also, you know, let's even talk more about the Niners in that, like, Jimmy G has been a stud recently. 100-plus mm-hmm. pass rating in four of his last five starts. And the Niners' rushing offense rushes for 147 yards per game. That's second only to Baltimore in the NFL. And they're sixth in the NFL in yards per carry. I mean, the, this is a Rams defense that last week allowed 263 rush yards to the Cowboys. Yeah. Three rushing TDs. I mean, two running backs last week for Dallas. Each one, like, they both went over 100 yards. You don't see that too often. No, I, I, you know. And and the fact that the 49ers have four legitimate running backs. Yeah. Like the four horsemen. Yeah, like Gurley last week against a, a Dallas team that's got a weaker defense than the Niners. Uh, what was uh, Gurley last week? 11 carries, 20 yards. Is that it? You know, I, I just, this is, I, they say the Rams are playing for their playoff might. I, I, I can't see them being in the mix at the end of the season. I, you know, there's been a lot of internal strife this week. Uh, you know, as you talk about Gurley and Goff and, and McVay, um, you know, McVay said, I'm not an idiot because I didn't use Gurley much at the beginning of the season. And Gurley said, well, those are his words, not mine. But, you know, read into that. I don't, I don't think it's a pleasant chemistry going on there right now in the locker room. Everything's setting up well for the Niners to come out here and have a big game. I'm with you. I'm uh, taking the home team with the points. At the bell bottom. And if it wouldn't be too much, I'd like to get something for you, Clark. Something really nice. 
Welcome to Atlanta, home of them dirty birds. Anybody hating get kicked to the curb. Any other team is absurd. Wearing black, white, silver. Red is for the blood. No one's scared of getting dirty because we came from the mud and we hungrier than ever. Now we move to Sunday's games at uh, 1 o'clock. We got a bunch of games going. First off, uh, your Atlanta Falcons are playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Atlanta, seven and a half point favorites, 46.5 over under. It, this actually just put the hook on, as you said, before we went to air. So does this help swing what we're going to think? Like, because this is now over a touchdown, changes No, it, it muddies the waters is what it does. <clears throat> you know, Atlanta's shown in the last few weeks that they, they can play well when they need to. And the reason why they need to play well is to keep Dan Quinn his job. And I really think that that's the reason why they're putting out such a good effort each week. And I don't think this week's going to be any different. Now, Jacksonville got lucky to win that game against the Raiders. I mean, yeah, the Raiders God. came from behind to, to, to lose. Well, they, they, you know, let's admit they got hosed with two Oh five left on the clock and Carr thinks he's in bounds. And yeah, you're absolutely. And he was in bounds. He was in bounds and God forbid you're able to review that. Right. I mean, yeah. it was a bonehead play on Gruden's part to go for it on third and 11 to pass the balls as opposed to rushing it and eating up the clock. Um, but you know, Gardner Minshew, what can you say about the guy? Well, I'll tell you what. It's clutch. He, he filed a trademark application with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office uh, last week for the phrases Minshew Mania, Mississippi Mustache, and Minshew Magic. Wow. So I don't know if it was magic he's getting or luck trademarks the- now. Well, he's got to make money somewhere because he's paying a, a rookie contract for an undrafted free agent. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's not making a lot of money. He's probably looking for Annette to uh, to pick up the, the bar tab more often than not. You'll probably see Gardner Minshew working on working at Subway on Monday, trying to just uh, fill in for an extra paycheck. Uh, like Jared. <laughs> <laughs> With the mustache. Uh, <laughs> speaking of team chemistry, it was just announced today that they fired uh, Tom Coughlin, the VP of uh, operations. So... Yes, I. Um, they're 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 looking to make some changes there. I I don't know what that means for coach, but yeah, well, we don't even know what what their quarterback situation is going to look like next year. I wouldn't be surprised if Foles was gone. No, um, I mean it, there's court teams that need a court a proven quarterback, and if you're a team like Jacksonville who had to bench Foles and you're not you don't know what you're going to get with him post uh, uh, clavicle injury, I think. You look at a guy like Minshew that you can treat almost like a Dak Prescott now because you know the kid's clutch. I mean, two touchdown passes against uh, Oakland, 102.8 pass rating in a game where Oakland was playing for the last time at their stadium with an angry uh, black hole, and Minshew had no issue. Like you, you take a kid like that, and you could get a chance to build around him because you've got a lot more cap space, especially if you get rid of – Nick Foles. I think they're on oh, yeah. the hook for a little over $30 million for a cap hit for Foles next year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, keep in mind, I don't recall. I don't know if you recall, we're going back three or four years now, uh, but when Fournette was what, with LSU and they were going to the big bowl game, guess who didn't play in it? Who? Leonard Fournette. He didn't want to risk injury before oh, the NFL that's draft. right. And he that's was kind of right. the first player to do that. Took a lot of hate for it kind of trailblaze that that idea for a lot of uh, other guys since then but really do you think he's going to be wanting to give a full effort in a game like this yeah like if yeah. he wouldn't play for a national championship game to risk injury what do you think he's going to do 
against the Atlanta Falcons. Well, here's my problem with the Falcons is their pass defense is 26th overall. They're 23rd in yards per game allowed and 28th for opposition completion percentage. And Gardner Minshew, you know, he's, as his quarterback rating suggests, is very efficient with the ball. And also the Jags pass rush 43 sacks. They're tied for fourth in the NFL this year for that. Atlanta's allowed 43 sacks. That's tied for 24th. It's this is a tough one because I don't know what Atlanta team is going to show up, and the same can be said even for Jacksonville. Well, we remember Jacksonville before last going into last week's game. Their previous three games they'd lost uh, by over seventeen points in each of them. Exactly. So maybe maybe that hook doesn't mean a lot in this one. I you know I was going with Atlanta at seven, and I think I still think I'm going to stick with them at seven and a half. You know what, man? I got Minshew magic. Ooh. I think I'm I'm gonna have to go with the uh, with the hook on there. I'm gonna take the Jags to at least keep this one close. I the think hook and the, the hook and the stash. Matt Ryan hasn't been very good this year when he's been under pressure, and the Jags have an excellent pass rush. They can get to him. This game can change because Matt Ryan will throw interceptions. There's a red moon rising. On the Cuyahoga River Rolling into Cleveland to the lake Up next, we're in the Dog Pound. And this is a, uh, a pretty big match in the AFC as uh, Cleveland uh, is, well, in division, I guess, anyway. Cleveland, 10-point underdogs at home against visiting Baltimore Ravens who are just, I mean, Lamar Jackson every week. You try to find new superlatives to lay on the guy because we're just we're you were talking to your wife about sitting on the couch and watching history. What this guy's doing is is incredible, and he's doing it through the air and with his legs. Because yeah, he's got eleven hundred rushing yards, an NFL record, but the dude's got thirty three touchdown passes this year. That's first in the NFL. He's doing it both ways. Well, you've got you've got two teams here. Picture two elevators on the same floor. One's going up and one is going down in absolute opposite directions. All we hear about the Browns is that players are wanting to leave. For example, Odell Beckham Jr. said this week, jokingly at a presser, he's been also asked uh, teams north of the border to acquire him. I've been talking to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts. You know, a couple of Canadian League teams that I'm also trying to get traded to. So it's been great conversations. Good dick. Yeah. We wouldn't take him up here anyway. Yeah, exactly. We don't want you, eh? Take off, you hoser. Take off, eh? You hoser. You're a hoser. Yeah, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Stay be be a cancer in that locker room. I don't want you ruining the Argos chances next year. Um, and now think about to the beginning of the season before Baltimore started their, uh, what? 10 game winning streak. They lost to Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. Now, they did. Can you imagine, can you imagine if they go to the Super Bowl, which I kind of believe that they will, you know, the asterisks on that season would be, they got swept by the Browns. Yeah. Right? And they still have something to play for. Like they can lock this whole thing up this week in terms of home yep. field advantage. Home throughout field the advantage. Playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And you know that they right? want to do that. They got enough veterans on this team and a type of coach that would place a high level importance on that. 
Yeah, and also considering the fact that next week they play the Pittsburgh Steelers, another divisional game with a great defense. And I don't think you want to leave anything to chance with those guys. Well, especially because Baltimore is on a long week, right? They played on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, they were talking about Jackson being banged up. So we had a couple more days to get healthy. Um, They didn't didn't let up when they played. uh, That was Philly, right? Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, like they, they just, or no, pardon me, that was no, the no, New no, York Jets. Philly this week. That was yeah. no, last yeah. week was the New York Jets on Thursday night. I don't know why I said Philly. I guess same kind of yeah. color uniforms, but yeah. yeah, they, they, they didn't ease their foot off the gas when they were stomping them into the carpet. So no. I, I don't see why uh, Baltimore is going to let off here as well. Um, Cleveland is just a dumpster fire, and their players are just at each other's throats. Locker rooms like that don't win. And locker rooms like that don't cover. So I'll take the Baltimore Ravens, even though they're uh, laying 10 points on the road. Yeah, I'm not going to get a uh, another dot taken out of my wise guy card for a free sub soon, but um, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens on this one. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Up next, the Indianapolis Colts play home to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Indy, they definitely want to cement some playoff position here. Uh, Six and a half point favorites at home. Uh, Carolina, I find them very interesting because they got run CMC. Duke Mm -hmm. gets 100 plus scrimmage yards in eight straight games now. But Mm -hmm. during those eight straight, the Panthers went one and seven. Did they really? You know, so it almost really doesn't matter. If run CMC gets his, as long as, you know, you hold the rest of the team in check. Although now we we got to mention Kyle Allen is out as quarterback in Carolina and uh, Will Greer is going to make his first NFL start. And uh, all we know from him is in the preseason, he had two touchdowns and three picks. Well, <clears throat> people keep asking the question, well, why are you running? Why is Christian McCaffrey in the lineup? Are you going to risk injuring him for next year? Well, I'll tell you exactly why he's in the lineup. Right now, he's got th- over 1,300 rushing yards and 812 receiving yards. So if he gets another uh, 192 yards, sorry, 188 yards through the air, he's in company with Roger Craig and Marshall Falk as the only players to ever get more than 1,000 yards rushing and receiving in the same season. And that's, that means something. I mean, oh, that doesn't mean it's just names? something to him. That means to the team. That's a yeah. team effort. Yeah. So from a pride standpoint that way, that's really all they're playing for. As you say, I don't care. I don't think they care. I don't think they give a rat's ass of what the scoreboard says. No, uh, you got a good point there. Like Indy's D last week, I mean, they got decimated by Drew Brees in prime time. Yeah. But and, that, as I say, everything fell in place. That's one of those yeah. magical nights. Like you've seen Brett Favre have them. Remember that game where his father passed away and, he just he just couldn't miss a receiver. Yeah. However, Indy's pass D throughout the year is allowing 102.2 pass rating to opposition quarterbacks. So, I mean, the the benefit they're going to have is Will Greer is going to make his first NFL start, which means another third stringer is going to be starting a game for an NFL franchise. Because uh, remember, Cam Newton started the season. Yeah, of course. Uh, Kyle Allen uh, was in for well, what would be the bulk of it, and now Will mm-hmm. Greer. I guess he's going to come do mop-up duty for the last couple of games. They're going to see what they have in this kid. Um, 
I don't put a lot of faith in third string quarterbacks. And I think statistically we've we're at our threshold for how many third stringers can make things happen in the NFL. Uh, for this game here, I, you know, Andy's got a lot to play for. Carolina doesn't, you know, the, the score in that Carolina game against Seattle last week. Yeah. It was just, they covered the six point spread, but they had two garbage time touchdowns. That game wasn't yeah. even close. So Indy at home under a touchdown was something to play for going Colts. Yeah. I agree. Indy's rush offense as well. I like you could I think uh Marlon Mack is going to have a big game as uh their ninth in yards per game at 127 yards per game rushing and P- the Panthers are allowing uh approximately 140 yards per game. They're 30th in the NFL. 5.2 yards a carry they're allowing. So, wow. I think Indy is going to control the ball on the ground. So I definitely would look at taking the under on this, but I think Indy covers the six and a half points. Welcome to the party, pal. In South Beach Sunday afternoon, it's the Miami Dolphins playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Miami one-point favorites at home, and this is probably a game you're going to want to miss because there's too many other good games going on. <laughs> on I Sunday like afternoon. all of them. <laughs> yeah, this is like the battle of three and one. Remember in uh, the end of September, we were saying that Miami was going to be the worst team possibly of all time statistically in the history of the NFL. Yep. And now we're looking at Cincinnati in the middle of December with one win. And and Miami's, the, you know, hats off to Flores, who's, you know, kicked him in the gear. You know, he's put Fitzpatrick back in because he wants to win, even though, you know, the season's kind of down the toilet. Uh, he was even taking heat this week. Well, why aren't you putting in Josh Rosen? Well, because I want to win the game. Yeah. And they've been covering, I think they've covered seven of the last 10 games. And... You know, this one's in Miami. God damn, does Cincinnati suck? Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. They do. Like, they, were, like they, they got were, torched by New England last week. Uh, well, there's conjecture that A.J. Green might come back, but I think that was just a uh, just confusion to what's already chaos. Uh, I'm, you know, there's got, we got 13 mile an hour winds plus some light rain here. I don't know what that means. 47-point spread. Don't know what that means. Um, I just can't see Cincinnati pulling one out on the road here. Yeah, I'm looking at it for a big game for Devontae Parker. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals' pass defense is 22nd in the NFL, uh, and they're 30th in yards per attempt, uh, 27th in plays over 20 yards. So they are just awful. I mean, opposition passer rating of 96. Like, I, I just, the Bengals' defense cannot stop the pass. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually a pretty smart quarterback. In fact, I, deserve, I think he deserves a Purple Heart for what he's done in Miami this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you. I think at home, one point, it's basically a pick 'em. I'll take the home team. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. 
Well, the New York Jets may be playing out a string, and they are at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are playing for a wild card spot. Uh, the Jets three-point underdogs, and uh, that was that was tough watching them get beat uh, by the Bills last week because uh, the Duck did not perform very admirably. Well, the Duck is not a starting quarterback. Let's keep in mind, you know, in, in um, training camp, he was fourth, fourth in line on the depth chart. Yeah. Duck Hodges. And so, you know, the fact that they, they're even in playoff contention right now, and they control their own destiny. They just have to win out last two games and they're guaranteed a spot. Um, so hats off to to Tomlin, again, for, for putting putting them in that spot with, you know, second, third, fourth stringers. Uh, Juju Schuster looks like he's probably going to play. I think Connor's going to play. And that defense, oh my God, ever since they picked up Fitzpatrick, Minka that is, um, you know, I think they're probably one of the top two in the league. And the Jets plus three with nothing to play for? I mean, I know they got embarrassed last week in Baltimore and having a little bit of extra rest. But, you know, with a hungry Pittsburgh team, I, I don't know, like, just to me, it seems uh, like that's a gift, um, three points. But I don't know. What are your opinions on this one? Well, let me make a case for the New York Jets. All right. This blew my mind. The Jets defense is first overall in the NFL when it comes to yards per carry for their opponent. They're the best against the run yeah! in the entire NFL. That was a stat like it, the New York. I looked at that like three or four times before no, my I, brain no, I, would I, accept I up there. that the most, Jets, of the most of the season they've been up there in that category. So that, you know, that doesn't really surprise me. I want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. But look, look where they fall when it comes to the passing defense without yeah, CJ yeah. Mosley in there. Right. But if, if the Steelers don't have a passing game and remember the Steelers passing game has a lot to do with their running game. The Steelers mm-hmm. like to be able to run on you. They do have Connor back for this is his second week back from injury. Uh, but I don't like he got 80 or no. What did he get? I can't remember how he did last week, but he, he was back last week, right? Against Buffalo. Yeah, he yep, was. So, he was. Uh, well, Le'Veon Bell is playing against Pittsburgh for the first time. Last oh, week, he yeah. finally broke the 75-yard mark. He got uh, 87 yards. Uh, that was against Baltimore as well. Yeah, I can see him wanting to have a right. pretty good day against his old team. And uh, I don't know, man. Darnold also only three picks since week 10. 11 touchdowns in that span. Well, it's after Halloween. There's no more ghosts around. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a contrarian, man. I... I feel this is going to be one of those weird games this week that yeah, Steelers should win. We know there's going to be a couple. You just which one is it going to be? Yeah, right? I think that I think this is going to be one of those. So I'm going to take the Jets with the points. All right. Well, I think uh, I think your boy Sam Darnold is going to see the ghost of Christmas past, and I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Look what you did, you little jerk! To Music City we go, and uh, yeah, the Tennessee Titans kind of made their playoff picture a lot more complicated with the loss last week to Houston, uh, and now they got New Orleans coming to town, 
Uh, Tennessee, three-point underdogs at home. You know, I, I think Drew Brees has hit that other that playoff gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want they got to keep pace with the teams like. Uh, well, they're going to well, San Fran win their division, but San Fran, you know, or Seattle, Green or Bay, even, yeah, Green Bay and and Minnesota. They, but they can't afford a loss here, right? They can. Like if, if they'd lost here, it's not the end of the world for them. And I just, you know, with them coming off that such an emotional game, actually two emotional games in a row, if you consider that um, that's probably the most impressive loss that I've ever seen a team have against the 49ers. Yep. And then, you know, Breeze breaking that record, and they just kicked the crap. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was a big ass yeah. kicking there. Yeah, indie. But you're marching into Tennessee, and um, I, you know, I think I don't think. Well, it is a look ahead spot for Tennessee, obviously with Houston on deck, but they got to take care of business this week. And I bet you this line changes significantly based on how Houston does on the Saturday before. So, depending on how you think that game's going to go, you might you might get some added value here because if Houston loses. Um, you know, there's not so much pressure on Tennessee, which in fact might might help them more yeah. than anything else. But you know, Derrick Henry just gets it going this time of the year, and you know, New Orleans. Yes, they have a good defense. Yes, they have a good defense, but um, so does Tennessee. And at 51, I don't know. I'm, and maybe that line's or that over under is a bit high. Now that I think about it. I don't know. Tannehill's been chucking the ball around and getting yeah, scored, yeah. and not, you got Drew Brees on the other side. I fifty-one, I think, is an appropriate number for an over/under. I just see Kamara and Henry having big days, so I don't know. Yeah, well, the Titans have to hope that Henry has a big day because they're five and zero in games when he rushes for more than a hundred yards. Yep. And that's only going to serve to keep Drew Brees off the field. If your running game can eat up a bunch of clock, and your defense can hold Brees a couple drives, the game all of a sudden gets real close. Well, it's not even a matter of his absolute yardage. It's the number of touches that he gets. Because yep. as you say, you know, he's eating up the clock if he gets the ball 23 to 24 times. Well, he's um, averaging 4.9 a carry. So, I mean, just keep pounding that rock with that kid, and you're going to get yourself a chance to win against New Orleans. Um, but I mean, Tennessee has got a middle of the road defense. They're kind of middle of the road in all the stats. They're middle of the road in sacks. New Orleans got the second best pass protection in the league. They only have allowed 21 sacks all year long. So if, if Drew Brees remains upright and can pick them apart, this becomes a track meet and Derrick Henry gets taken out of the game, right? Mm, Yeah. They're going to have to start passing. And I'm not saying Tannehill didn't pass. He can but pass. I, right? So I think I think the score is going to get up there, but I think when it's all said and done, uh, Tennessee is not San Francisco. I think New Orleans comes out on top of this one. All right. Well, Andy is going to go with the home team dog of three points, and I'm going to take the Titans. And Maddie likes his Saints to go marching in. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. It's the Washington Redskins Go F*** Yourself Holiday Special. Well, we won't spend too much time on this game as it's also going to be a snoozer. The Washington professional football team is at home. Uh, They are two and a half point favorites against the visiting New York Giants. As you said, Eli out. 
Danny Jones from Duke. Certainly Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than Leave it to Beaver reruns. He's back in. Um, I think the key, though, for this one is Saquon Barkley. Last week, 112 yards and two touchdowns versus Miami. Yeah, and, but he was uh, playing for Eli, though. He was playing for Eli. He was, but hey, that was the first time he went over 100 yards since week two. Right, right? but uh, the game before, to- when Eli started, he had his highest rushing total of the season. I think it was 81. So- but also look at what Washington's uh, defense did against Philly last week. Miles Sanders went for 122 yards and a touchdown, 6.4 yards an attempt. I mean, Washington cannot stop the rush. The only thing we discovered about Washington is Haskins might actually be who you want him to be if you let him go into the position. Last week, 261 yards, two touchdowns, and 121.3 QB rating. Um, and he looked really good when he had to be clutch. They went back and forth with Philly. Well, ironically, it was against the Giants that he made his NFL debut, and that was in week four. Uh, in relief of Case Keenum, he completed 9-17 to for a whopping 107 yards, three awful INTs, and he took two sacks. In fact, he said, I threw up watching that film, Haskins said. I don't like watching that tape. That's a totally different guy. But what does it say about the NFC East that Washington is two-and-a-half-point favorites at this point in the season? It's garbage! Oh, yeah, it's awful. Um. That, I don't, that is the uh, worst division in football right now. It's garbage. No, I'm not. Uh, uh, so we know that um, Haskins is playing for Washington and Danny Dimes is playing for New York. We don't need to discuss this game any further. I'm going with the home team taking the or laying the two and a half points. Yeah, this is where I think it comes down to, and that's that Washington D. Uh, they can actually get to the the quarterback. They're tied for seventh in the NFL with 42 sacks. In New York, uh, their offensive line is terrible. They're uh, tied for 18th. They've allowed 38 sacks this season. So that's, uh, that's I think, where the game's won and lost. And Washington, yeah, they're at home. Uh, Peterson looked pretty good last week, too. That guy's another ageless wonder. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. This way, you're right. Let's not waste. Well, they got the juice. They got the juice right behind Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Those two guys can put up some pretty big numbers. I'll 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 go with you here. I think it's a uh, Christmas miracle in DC. Hey, don't go by what I'm saying. You know, if you want to listen to me, let's not waste it on an NFC East pick. Go Redskins! This is a full blown four alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on, and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny K. Up in the Mile High City, the Denver Broncos look to take on the visiting Detroit Lions. Broncos, six and a half point favorites. I bet you that's probably their biggest favorite spread of the Actually, it's season. up to seven now, dude. Is it up to seven? It's up so to Denver seven. Denver now. now a seven point favorite against Detroit. And hey, why not? As, why not? Uh, as Detroit, they cannot play defense. They are absolutely awful. Uh, they, they allow 102.5 opposition passer rating. That's 30th. They're also 30th in yards per game allowed and 30th in yards per catch allowed. And now they're in, 
and now this awful Denver D, uh, or pardon me, this awful Detroit offense has to go play a top 10 defense in Denver. So we've got Detroit at Denver in December. How delightful. But let's say that again. Outdoors in December with the Detroit Lions. You know, I think I think I can read these tea leaves. Uh, the Lions, you know, they've been without Stafford and carry on Johnson for weeks now. Uh, but they've also lost Marvin Jones and then backup running back Bo Scarborough due to injury. So they're trotting up lineups week after week that are lacking talent. Um, the Lions have lost seven straight games and 10 of their last 11. And keep in mind that this Denver team was the same one that posted 31 points against the Texans in the first half of that game two weeks ago. Yep. Well, Blau versus Tampa Bay last week threw two picks and had a 54 rating. I mean, he was horrible. That's that against Tampa Bay. They are yeah. an awful defense. Well, awful pass defense for sure. Now this kid's got to face a Broncos defense in the cold. Come on, man. A touchdown. Well, it's not like Detroit isn't used to playing in the cold, right? Playing in the uh, NFC North, but yeah, yeah, that is true. They do play. They, but I guess, but yeah, they don't do right. well in those environments. No, they, right? they we don't. See, we see that twice a year, and once in you know, once in Green Bay, once in Chicago. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I. I'm still going to pick uh, Denver, even though the, the line moved to seven. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. In sunny Southern California, the LA Chargers are at home against uh, an Oakland Raiders team that could not close out uh, when they needed to last week. And uh, they now have their Pro Bowl right tackle, uh, Trent Brown. He's done for the season. His pectorals messed up. And Josh Jacobs is out for this game as well. Uh, he suffered that shoulder fracture in week 12 and has pretty much been playing on a fractured shoulder. And it's, I guess, finally bothering him enough where he's going to be out this week. So, I mean, especially with the way they just came from behind to lose to Jacksonville, like that was so oh, embarrassing. That was like, it was just, it's just such a Raider thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, first off, I'm just glad I wasn't uh, Derek Carr. Because, just having people throw nachos at him on the way out of the stands. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, did he call the play on third and 11? Um, was he the one that didn't allow the booth review of him being out of bounds? Um, I can understand the frustration of Raider fan. And God, you know, they're the most loyal fans in the whole league. Okay, we're in Oakland. Now we're in LA. Now we're back in Oakland. Oh, hey, we're going to Las Vegas. You know, Al Davis would never move to Las Vegas for money or he just wouldn't. Nope. And I, I think there was a lot of, I think you could sense the bitterness. Um, I don't think they were throwing nachos at Derek Carr. I think they were throwing nachos at the Raiders organization. Yeah, and I agree with that. They took they took it out on him, unfortunately, which is unfortunate because, you know. I thought that was a classy move by Carr. Even though they lost, he was man enough to go into one of the worst places in football, the black hole, and willing to say to the, like, thank you to the fans, which, you know, I thought a classy move and very brave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, they're not normal people. No, uh, lunatics. I think no, they uh, won't so be able to. They won't be able to duplicate that atmosphere in Las Vegas. No, I mean there are enough lunatics in Las Vegas, but they're not all wearing black and silver. Yeah, and they're not the same lunatics. 
No. 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 Um, this okay. line started at under a touchdown. It started at six and a half, and now it's gone up. Um, I think that was on the news of Josh Jacobs not playing, although I think he means a heck of a more than a lot half more a than a half a point to the line. Um, I don't know. What Chargers team do you think is going to show up this week? Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> Rivers, his last two home games versus Oakland, he has done 78% completion, five touchdowns, no picks. So he seems to play well at home versus Oakland. Well, how, how about but, the last game where they turned the ball over seven times? That was yeah, kind of neat. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the other thing is he's had uh, three-plus interception games in three of his last five. Yeah. And that included Oakland in week 10 where three interceptions and a few fumbles. More so, interceptions than kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is tough. Oakland's got a very poor pass defense. They're ranked, uh, you know, in the bottom three in quarter. Well, hang on. Isn't Khalil back there? Oh, oh, no, they right. traded him. They traded him. Yeah, they're 30th in touchdowns allowed. Um, I just, I think it's a touchdown or under. I'm going with the Chargers here. Neither team is playing for anything other than pride. I don't know here. We might see Tyrod Taylor come in. Um, just saying. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Chargers on this one. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. A Philadelphia Christmas. I love those pictures of Christmas trees on Chestnut Street in the city of brotherly love. And, and up next, we have a very very important matchup taking place in the NFC East as uh, the Dallas Cowboys roll into Philadelphia. The Eagles are one and a half point underdogs at home. I mean, Philly barely pulled one out versus Washington last week, so they're not much better than Washington, who are terrible. This is for the lead in the NFC East. I mean... <laughs> I, I, what do you want? Like Dallas also just annoys the crap out of me because well, they have such a huge offense, yet they've only won seven games. How is that even possible? Well, they're uh, plus, I think they're plus 72 now in point differential. Unbelievable. Yeah, like but, how are you only seven and seven? That is bizarre. I don't think anything says Christmas like football and Santa Claus coming to Philadelphia. As I was starting to walk back, I saw the snowball starting to come, and, and and then I started getting hit with them. And all of a sudden, Santa Claus is dodging and ducking, and there's a full stadium full of people just wailing away at Santa Claus. I actually remember feeling a little twinge of anxiety that they might really hurt Santa. I remember watching a fella make a snowball and throw it at me and and I just walked up to him you know at the bottom of the wall there and I said you're not getting anything for Christmas now let's before we even get into this game can we please start with the Cowboys and Rams game last week uh, oh, can sure. the officials not even get a coin flip correct and that was awful like by the way why can you review a coin flip but you can't review Derek Carr's slide to see if he stayed in bounds like it's just, it's mind-boggling like, yeah. Can you imagine if the Rams would have started both um, both halves with the ball? Yeah. Like, you would have had a lot of uh, batters that would be crazy. losing their shit. Yeah, of course. You know, Maddie. like, I, I, 
I picked the Cowboys last week. I know you didn't, but we've got a lot of paying customers that rely on our information. So but they do. Um, they you could you don't want to be disrupted by something some nonsense like that. Okay. But uh, you know, Dak's got an injured shoulder, um, but he's still likely to play. Now, so a win here basically, and they saw up the NFC East, which is similar to be named class valedictorian at summer school. And I, you know what, you know what my opinion is as soon as Jason Garrett gets out to the confines of big D his uh, his football IQ drops by about 25 points, but look for this to be a pretty hostile Philadelphia crowd here. I like the, uh, I like the home dogs. This I think actually sets up well for Dallas. Cause even though they're both seven and seven, Dallas statistically is a better team. Yeah, no question. And, you know, Philly's offense is in the top 10 for turnovers this year. They've created, they've, they've turned the ball over 23 times. And I think this is a big telling stat is that Dak Prescott's actually 46.4% on passes of 20 plus yards this year. That's second in the NFL. I mean, if Philly's D, they're tied for 29th in allowing passes of 20 or more yards. And they've allowed 14 touchdowns that have been scored by 20 or more yards. So I, I don't know. I, I like it here for Dallas. I, you know, I don't disagree with Philly people, but I don't like that spread. If I'm picking Philly, I want, if it's an NFC East matchup, Dallas is the statistically better team. I want three points before I bet Philly. I want me some glory. Ho. Really big game for the Seattle Seahawks here, and uh, just, well, good luck for them because the Arizona Cardinals are coming to town. <laughs> Seattle, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home, and uh, don't be surprised if this doesn't move to 10 or 10-and-a-half for Seattle by game time. Uh, Russell Wilson has got to be in the MVP discussion this year. 28 touchdowns, five picks. 109.3 passer rating like that is incredible he once again like how often have we seen russell wilson just pick this team up on his back and will them to win how about every year since he's yeah. been in the league yeah just a fantastic quarterback and a fantastic leader um you said this is a must win for seattle i i'll disagree in that you know if they lose this game and they still beat san francisco next week they win the division now, for seeding purposes, but it's not it's not it's not devastating if they lose. I would rather be able to, you know, beat Arizona and make San Francisco have to win this week in order to come into my house the next week and 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 play a game. I I Well, see, I think Seattle wants to 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 win this game. I think they do, but let's let's look at who didn't practice with them on Wednesday. Jadavian Clowney with a core issue linebacker, Bobby Wagner with an ankle injury. And he's probably out for the week. In fact, he's probably out for a few weeks. Uh, Quandre Diggs ankle, Dwayne Brown, biceps, knee, uh, George Fant illness. And another six were limited, including linebacker, Michael Kendricks hamstring and guard, Michael Yapati, who's a, uh, an X niner, very good player knows the division. Well, and then you look at Seattle. So they've had multiple games across country in the past month. 
And their game of the year is next week against the San Francisco 49ers. I think you know where I'm going with this, Maddie. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. So as I say, I, I don't, it's not a must win for them this week, although it'd be a nice win. Um, but I just need to point out something here on the Arizona side of the ball. So Kenyon Drake, who started the season as a Miami Dolphin, uh, lost his first nine games with said Dolphins and then got traded to Arizona, where the Cardinals then proceeded to lose their next five games. So after a 14-game personal losing streak, what did he do last week? Goes in the end zone four times and rushes for a buck 37. So yeah, good for him taking the team yeah. on his shoulders. Great performance against Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, I'm absolutely taking the, uh, the Cardinals here in this one. Well, the Cardinals, you know, their rush D was not very good against Cleveland last week. It's it, it allowed 150 plus yards. Nick Chubb was the the only Cleveland Brown that had a good game. But I mean, the Cardinals pass defense and this is against a guy like Russell Wilson. Their pass defense is 32nd in the league. That's dead last in yards per game allowed, quarterback opposition rating allowed, and completion percentage allowed. That is a horrible mix of stats when you're talking about one of the most accurate, uh, dynamic quarterbacks in the league coming in, uh, and, and, and he's playing at home. Uh, this is under 10 points. Uh, I, I guess I'm liking chalk this week. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks here. Well, I hope you're right about that spread going up, although I, I actually believe the opposite. I think this... Um, I think the spread probably should be around seven, but I think that you see it at nine and a half for teaser protection for the casinos. Um, yeah, I, I think this, that's too many points for a divisional game like this. Go cards. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Keep this up and we'll draft second. Fail, 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 fail. Every game we watch the wreckage fail, 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 fail. As fans we wear our bears apparel fail, 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 To save my mind I sing these carols fail, 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 And Sunday night football, my Chicago Bears. Star Bears. Well, they're six-point underdogs at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I know that the Bears have a, have a pretty decent defense, but after seeing what Mahomes did in the snow last week against a very good Broncos defense, uh, that was incredible. The guy was yeah. untackleable. He just Oh, he looked like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he, he sure did. What do you think uh, about my Bears this week? Well, they're not playing for anything. They're not playing, and they lost Roquan Smith, obviously, uh, before last week's game for a torn pec. Uh, Trevathan is questionable, again, that elbow injury. Taylor Gabriel and tight end Ben Bronnecker are questionable with concussions. Uh, Bobby Massey is questionable with an ankle, and defensive end Roy Robertson-Harris is questionable with a foot injury. Well, the Bears now, have had it, problems with tight, at tight end all season. Yeah, like not, they're, they're, they've been they've been calling up guys from the practice squad because nobody can seem to be able to catch a ball. Uh, it's actually maybe, unbelievable. The Bears maybe are the Bears Dick are up there. Come back, Dick yeah, come back. The Bears are uh, one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to drop footballs. They're up there with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Yeah, I was just going to say uh, the Eagles. Uh, I think they hold the crown for that one this season. Yes, except, hey, guess for, who, except uh, for except for Robinson. Robinson's a hell of a receiver. Love that yeah. guy. How about uh, see that acquisition by the Chiefs this week? Picking up on waivers, T Sizzle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, love it. I love it. Yeah, um, and you know he's he adds a, a really good dimension to that Kansas City defense. I don't care. How yeah, and it's is. not he's like beast. like he'll go in right away and start playing. Like he's not got. You know, War and Peace is a playbook to have to learn. Um, hey, see that? That's a quarterback. Go get him. And yeah, I think um, I think that's a good good asset. You know, the cards lost. I just don't understand why that didn't work out well in Arizona, but it obviously didn't. Um, I've been going back and forth in this one. You know, obviously the imagery from last week's game in Kansas City took place even before the game even started, and that's the guys playing uh, having snowball fights, right? Yep, and uh, Chicago is more likely to being used to be playing in inclement weather uh, than KC is. But as you say, they were playing against Denver as an outdoor team as well, and they just kicked the crap out of them. And that was in a snowstorm. I was in a I snowstorm. Just, yeah, like you got to remember one thing: wind doesn't affect Mahomes' ball as much as it does some other quarterbacks because. He's the opposite of noodle arm. That guy's got a yeah. gun like Brett Favre. That thing. Yeah, but Trubisky's got a pretty strong cannon too, though. Yes, he does. He does, but uh, he um, doesn't have the offensive mind of Andy Reid. He's got uh, Matt Nagy, and unfortunately, the only way the Bears have a chance is to run the ball. But Montgomery and and whatever their running back by platoon is doing in in Chicago from game to game, uh, they they've been pretty unremarkable. But Casey's rush defense. Is thirtieth in yards per carry. Oh, they're horrible. They're and, horrible. Uh, and and twenty six in the league in yards per game. They allow over one hundred and thirty yards per game. Okay, more gaps than a Michael Strahan photo album. <laughs> but I, Matt Nagy, I don't think he has the play calling ability to call that many rushes, and that's what he should be doing to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, um, because the Bears D does have a couple things going for it, and they're tied for six in the NFL in plays over twenty yards. So they don't allow a lot of long balls, and that's what Mahomes does. And they're seventh in the league in third down defense at 34.9. So they can get themselves off the field, which means if you can rush the ball on Kansas City and control the clock, you can at least keep it close. However, I don't think Matt Nagy's got that kind of play calling ability. I think uh, Chicago will probably have maybe 10 rushes on the game, and the rest is going to be Trubisky. Oh, No way. They, dude, they've – look at it. Look at his play calling, man. It every week he says he's going to rush the football, and I think the most carries. Well, I know. I guess it would, I, I guess a scheme like that would make sense against the defense like the Chiefs have. Um, now the, you get, keep in mind that Bears play in Minnesota next week to finish off the season, so this is the last home game here at Soldier. I think they put on a nice, sentimental, emotional performance. A lot of Santa Clauses in the crowd. Eat some Polish sausages. And I'm going to go Bears. I'm going to take. I'm going to. I'm going to take the points at, the, at Soldier Field. Well, I think KC's playing for something because they're playing for seeding in uh, a really tight AFC uh, playoff picture, and Chicago's not playing for anything. I think they've got. They're pretty banged up as well. Their offensive line isn't that good either. I just. I'm going with uh, the Chiefs. I'm blown away, but yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think it's. I think my team, and this makes me sad as a Bears fan to say it, is going to get embarrassed on uh, on national television. Stop Bears! Stop Bears! Stop Bears.
And our final game of the weekend, it's got uh, pretty important playoff implications for the AFC North. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at home against uh, division rival Green Bay Packers. Uh, four and a half point favorites, my uh, Minnesota are at home, uh, over under a 45 and a half. This game is the hardest to pick this week because these teams are so evenly matched. Oh, dude, I, w- <laughs> I was going through their metrics and. Like, so Green Bay is 22nd in the league against the pass. The Vikings are 20th, right? Yep. And I was looking at their turnover uh, margin per game, identical. Yep. Yeah, Green Bay's um, defense has 23 takeaways, which are seventh in the NFL. Uh, Minnesota's has 27 takeaways, which is fourth. Yep. You know, even look at their running backs. Uh Jones, 830 yards, 14 touchdowns, which is, by the way, first overall in the NFL, 4.4 yards per carry. Well, Dalvin Cook, 1,135 yards, 13 touchdowns, 4.5 yards a carry. However, it should be mentioned he is questionable because he left the game la- or he left last game with a shoulder injury. Uh, I, I think he, really impact he's worse than spread. questionable. I heard he's unlikely to play. I That that plays a big factor in how I'm going to Oh, make for that sure. Because what does that leave you? Alexander Madison. Uh, as their lead back, he's got 100 rushes so far this year, 462 and one touchdown. Um, here's the tale of the tape for the Vikings. Three times this year, they've played a team with a winning record. You know what their record is in those three games? 0-3. 0-3. You bet. And, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to primetime games. No, he doesn't. Although I'm not sure if the sample size is... Big enough to warrant that, but yeah. Last you know. time he was in prime time, he spanked the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But um, I mean, he's got Aaron Rodgers coming into town. How about this stat line: twenty-four touchdowns to two interceptions, hundred point four quarterback rating. Although, then you compare it to Cousins. Yeah, but you know, I, I, don't think he, I don't think he's playing that well. Like his his completion percentage last game was hovering right around fifty percent. Yeah. Um. But Minnesota they just throw it a lot, right? They just don't lose at home. Like they've, they've won their last five straight up at home. They did. Um, but, you know, with Dalvin Cook, unlikely to play. Because really, I mean, there's a handful of games that you can look at this uh, this season where they've really only given um, Kirk Cousins like 11, 12 passing attempts. Yep. Right? Because they just keep pounding the ball. And if you can't do that, you can become one-dimensional. Um, Green Bay, as crappy as their defense is, can easily pick that up. Um, you know, this game means, obviously, it means a lot to both of these two teams for playoff seating or even getting there. Uh, actually, no, I think they both clinched, haven't they? Uh, well, they're going to be in the playoffs, yes. but No, Minnesota, uh, sorry, Minnesota has to win at least one, and the Rams have to lose at least one, and I think that's the only scenario they have to consider, but... You know, this started at four and a half. Now it's gone up to five. You know, I'm not sure why that line would move in that direction with the with the news that Dalvin Cook is not likely to play. And if he is, he's going to be banged up. Yep. Like five uh, points to me is I don't. That's a lot. It is in a in a an NFC North matchup, which always mm-hmm. play tight like this, right? They mm-hmm. always play tight, even if it's Cousins and Rogers ending up trying to go. You know down the field each time and, and score it's good. I think it's going to end up being pretty close. So I don't think 
anything more than a field goal wins the game for either side and and moving that spread to minus five totally made my decision easy i'm i and it makes me so sick to say this because everybody knows the packers suck but everybody knows that the packers suck but i'm taking them this week if that spread's not going under a field goal yeah um i gotta i gotta take the packers as well dude everybody knows that the packers suck Well, this is a little segment we like to call Maddie and Andy's Total Tease. And it's uh, where we each pick uh, an over-under total that we like for the week for you. And we also do uh, a couple teasers that you can... Uh, sink your teeth into so uh andy what's your what's your total for this week you like well as the old saying goes maddie if it ain't broke don't fix it and i'm going to take the tampa game over 50 points it's simply the gift that keeps on giving they have gone over 11 of their last 12 games and Jameis winston does his best to ensure that both teams put a lot of points on the on the board so i, I didn't have to think about this for too long i love the tampa bay over 50 here yeah, you nailed it. That's that was my over for the week as well. I agree. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. And Tampa Bay loves to go over. I do have an alternate one for you though, just to make sure, you know, I'm not just riding your coattails. Uh the New Orleans at Tennessee Titans. I like over 51. I think it's going to be a shootout. Yeah, I consider that as well, but both their defenses are playing pretty well as of late, so um as I say, Jameis is helping two teams where Breeze only helps one. <laughs> Very true. All right, uh, what about your tease for this week? Well, there's been a lot of line movements, but um, I'm actually going to take two favorites here, and I'm going to dial them down. The first one will happen on Saturday, and that is my San Francisco 49ers taking that game from six and a half uh, all the way down to a half a point. Um, yeah, it'll be a close game, but I, I can't really see them losing at home. Um, and then on the other side of that tease, I like the Atlanta Falcons going from a seven and a half to a one and a half. Again, um, could be a close game, but I really don't see them losing either. So uh, I'll take those at almost a pick them for both. All right. I'm doing the opposite. I'm teasing two underdogs down. So the first one, Buffalo at New England. Tease the Bills from plus six and a half to plus 12 and a half going through the key numbers of seven and ten. Um, I love that. I, cause I, like I said, the bu- Buffalo is my money line Maddie pick. So if you're going to give me 12 and a half points on them, well, it's I'll actually 12, right? Is it but down to whatever. 12 now? Yeah. Yeah. It'll okay. Just be 12. So, uh, I will, I'll still take them at uh, 12 and then green Bay, Minnesota would be my next one. And I'm going to tease green Bay from plus four and a half to plus 10 and a half. Once again, going through the key numbers of seven and 10. Oh, I like that one. Good, good call. It's all about the math, Matty. It's all about the math. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 16 of Almost Wise Guys. Just a programming note next week, week 17, we will not be having a podcast. However, if you look to our Facebook fan page, we will have our sets of picks posted as well as a total tease for you each. If you like what you heard here today, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. 
You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 16 games across the NFL. From Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked your Christmas podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please, in the spirit of the season, please share it with three enemies. Tune in two weeks from now on the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. Snow white so bright